Hello there. This is Wale Olulano, the presiding apostle of Harmony Christian Ministries. I'm happy that you can join us today in our podcast. I pray today's message will encourage, edify, and illuminate your heart, wherever your circumstances may be. Please relax and enjoy. Please turn in your Bibles with me to 1 Samuel chapter 17. Yes, we're going to read a familiar story, a passage in the Bible. And I might not dwell on the details of this too much because you know this story. We'll read from verse 20, 1 Samuel 17. We preached from here a short while ago. The Bible said, So David rose early in the morning, left the ship with a keeper, and he took the things and went as Jesse had commanded him, Jesse being his father. He came to the camp, and it's such a good thing when children can obey their parents, you know. And he just went quick, very early, promptly. And the Bible said he came to the camp as the army was going out to the fight and shouting for the battle. For Israel and Philistines had drawn up in a battle array, army against army. It looked like they were ready for battle, but they were not. And David left his supplies in the hand of the supply keeper, ran to the army, and came and greeted his brothers. Hi guys, how's it getting on there? You know, he wanted to know what's going on in the battlefront. Because these were his leaders, these were his seniors. And then as he talked with them, there was a champion, the Philistine of Gath, Goliath by his name, coming out from, amidst, from the armies of the Philistine. And he spoke according to the same words he's been saying for the past 40 days. David heard him and all the men of Israel heard him too. When they saw the man, they fled. The so-called fire army that were ready for battle disappeared as they had been running back those past few days. I know you can imagine David was surprised. So the men of Israel said, have you seen that guy? I mean, he was asking, why are you guys running? Why we would not run? Did you not see him? He said, have you seen this man? He's come up. Surely he has come up to defile Israel. And it shall be that the man who kills him, the king of Israel had promised that he will enrich with great riches. He will give him his daughter, give his father's house exemption from taxes in Israel. With all the perks that were tied to killing this man, nobody dared touch him. Then David spoke to the man who stood by him, saying, So what shall be done for the man who kills this Philistine and takes away the reproach from Israel? For who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he should defy the army of the living God? And the people answered him in the same manner, saying, So it shall be done for the man who kills him. Now Eliab's older brother had him speaking to those men. Eliab's anger arose, was aroused against David, and he said, why did you come to this place? What are you doing? Whom have you left those few sheep in the wilderness for? I know your pride, your insolence of heart. You've come down to the, just to see the battle. You just can't keep off good news. So David said, what have I done now? Is that not a cause? So they turned from him to another person, and said the same thing, and those people answered him as the others already told him. Now the words of David, which he had spoken, got to the king, and the king sent for him. Then David said to Saul, let no man's heart fail because of these men. Your servant will go and fight with this Philistine. See, these are days that some young people will rise up in the house. and They will take their place in the marketplace. 
they will take their place in their schools, in their colleges, in their unis. They will say, if everybody is failing, come on, I've got Jesus in me, I'm going to step out. Amen. So said to David, listen, you're not able to do this. You can't fight against this Philistine. For you are a youth. You're only a teenager. You're only in your 20s. You're only in your 30s. You're only in your 40s. Come on. This guy's been fighting for a long time. You can't do this. You can't handle this kind of business. You can't handle this level of business we're talking about. David said to Saul, Sir, your servant used to keep his father's sheep. And when a lion or a bear came and took just a lamb out of the flock, went out after it and stuck it. What he's saying is that whatever is committed to my hands, they don't waste. I go after things. I am a man of responsibility. When things are left in my hands, I keep them. If tools are left in my hands, I make sure I look after those tools. I don't lose tools. I say, well, I don't know what happened. I go after those things. I deal with them. I make sure that nothing that has been entrusted in my hands is lost. It was Jesus who told us that. He said, none of those whom my father has given me shall be lost. Amen. So they said that, moreover, in verse 37, so they said, so your servant killed the lion and the bear, and this uncircumcised Philistine will be like one of them, seeing he has defiled the armies of the living God. The basis of David's action is not just because he wanted to be proud, he wanted everybody just to be, you know, his friends on Facebook or whatever the thing is on Instagram. No, he simply said, if this thing is against God's purpose, I'm against it. I'll fight this good, this good fight of faith. Moreover, David said, the Lord who delivered me from the paw of the lion and from the paw of the bear, he will deliver me from the hand of this Philistine. And Saul said to him, go, the Lord be with you. Verse 38, so Saul clothed David with his armor and put on the bronze helmet on his head and he clothed him with his coat of mail. David fastened his sword to his armor and tried to walk. He could not, for he has not tested it. So David said to Saul, Sir, I cannot walk with this. I have not tested them. So David took them off. This morning, for a few minutes, we're going to be speaking on the champion's secret. Say the champion's secret. When we see folks that are ruling, reigning, making success somewhere, there is a secret to it. And Every one of us, we got access to that secret. And this is still in the series that we are looking at the thought patterns of a champion. The secret is what we want to look at today. And as I thought about this, I thought about myself many years ago. Whenever I was with some of my friends outside church, my first year or so in uni, it wasn't so. I judged myself some kind of silly stuff that young people do. And I'm not talking about drugs before some of your marks never, never did drugs in my life. Never even saw it. That's the amazing thing. Shocked my wife when I said to her, I've never seen Indian hair in my life. You know why? I was shielded. My mom used to say, whenever we saw a mad person, my parents would say, you see, he's taking Indian hair. So <laughs> any mad person <laughs> was with Indian hair. So I just ran from anything that seems mad. Thank God they put that fear of the Lord in me. But, you know, got into all kind of silly stuff, you know. You call yourself what you were not, you lied. You do all kind of stuff. You try and puff yourself up. 
Or while I was doing those things, my heart would be telling me, this is wrong, this is wrong, this is wrong, don't do this. But I would ignore it because I was among friends. Whenever I go back to church, I felt guilty and I felt, no, I shouldn't do that. Then I'll promise myself, next time, I won't do that again. But whenever next time came along, guess what? Did I? <laughs> of course I did it again. You know, I got so bad, I became a psycho. And then the devil started prompting in my head, started humming in my head. You know, you better drop this idea of your conviction. Because you know you're going to do it. Everybody's doing it. So you're going to just blend with the crowd. Even though I didn't know how to answer the devil. I didn't have the power to overcome that voice in my ears. But I always found grace to come back to church. Guilty as I felt, I came back to church. And I said, God, I'm sorry. God, I didn't even know. I shouldn't have even said all those kind of stuff. I shouldn't have done all those kind of, I shouldn't have indulged myself in all those kind of things. Oh, I'm sorry. I always found grace to come back. And I thank God that I had that grace. You see, it is normal to feel guilty when you've done something wrong. But feeling guilty is not the same thing as conviction. Conviction is a little bit much more than a feeling. Conviction is God's grace. It's God's embedded program in every man which points man to the right way. And that's available for everybody. Whether you are a Christian or not. Some of you may have heard many times I talked about I gave my life to the Lord like three times. Baptized a number of times. Because I kept being convicted. There was a cry somewhere deep in my spirit that kept on trying to point me to the right way during those years. Conviction is knowing the right and the wrong things at that particular point of life. Of course, I stumbled several times. But I thank God that I always found a way to stand up again. So even as I grew older, I realized that the challenge of conviction for a young person is not limited to a young person. It is us also in an adult. What you struggle with as a youth in your early age, what you struggle with about trying to paint a picture that it's not, and you felt everybody's doing it, is what you grew up into, even as an adult, where you didn't fix that. You begin to come into a lifestyle of lies, and you don't see anything wrong in it. What you didn't see wrong in a lifestyle of fornication is what you grow into, whether you're married or not, even into a lifestyle of adulterous life. Because everybody's doing it, you tell yourself. And you get to a point in your life, even though your heart was telling you, you didn't need to do that, but so as you grow up, you begin to buy toys and buy stuff that you really still didn't need to. Your heart still tells you, you don't need to do this. So you discover something that the ability to actually hack in to the warnings of your heart, the secret warning, the secret policeman that is on the inside, ability to hear that voice and listen to that voice, even at an early age, will help you in the years to come. Are you listening to this now? In the end, when Christ finally had his way in me, grace found his way in me, I had learned that conviction is much more than feeling guilty. Conviction is acting in the line of that thing I am feeling on the inside. It's a secret. 
secret to greatness. The psalmist said in Psalm 51, verse 1 to 3, he says, Have mercy upon me, O God. According to thy loving kindness, may the Lord have mercy on every one of us. He said, according unto the multitude of your tender mercies, blot out my transgressions. I want you to understand that even before you ask right now, God is ready to blot it out. Amen. He's ready. No matter how many times you keep falling, you say, Lord, there's this yearning in me. I know this is wrong. I just know this is wrong. The mercy of the Lord is available for you today. In the name of Jesus. He said, wash me thoroughly. From my iniquity and cleanse me from my sin. For I acknowledge my transgression and my sin is ever before you. You know, if I had, if I had submitted to the prompting of Satan, when he said, you know what, just drop this, your so-called conviction you're having. So this feeling of we shouldn't be doing this. Like some of my friends just carried on with it. I will still be at that level today. Because grace kept on pulling me back. I see how far God has brought me. I still struggle in certain areas. I still find myself saying some things I don't want to say. And then the Spirit of God will say to you, but you know don't say that. You know don't say that. So you discover something that we are in a journey in life, but the way God keeps you as a champion, he's listening to that secret voice that is there. Now, the more you listen to it, then the more the Holy Spirit now comes in. And you can now hear the leading of God in a much perfect way. So what is conviction? Even the Merriam-Webster Dictionary describes conviction as this. It said it's a strong persuasion or belief. A strong persuasion or belief. Or the state of being convinced. Conviction is a state of being convinced. Another meaning it gives to it is a state of being convinced of error. Compelled to admit the truth. So, your conviction occurs when you are compelled to admit the truth. Listen to me. Everybody, no matter whether you are saved or not, whether you know God or not, have this conviction that this is error. This is wrong. The secret of being a champion, and we're going to get into this, is that you have to master this level because it will keep you from danger in the years to come. One crucial thought pattern of the champion he is the conviction. Conviction. Very important. As you begin to rise in your walk with God, walk in life, as you begin to rise in any area in your business, any area, one of the areas that begin to rise with this conviction. Conviction of do's and don'ts, rights and wrongs. And how well you take this is the secret between failure and success. It leads to you having a sharper judgment call. Sometimes you just say, you know what? Mm, we're going to do this way. We're going to do it like that. It is the thing that makes you to understand that certain things you don't need to go and begin to pray about because God said, Son of Man, we have already shown you that which the Lord requires of you. It is lack of wanting to obey God that makes us to pray about what God already has spoken about. Hey, did you hear what I just said now? I didn't say it's not good to pray. But many times we are praying, hoping we will hear a different voice. Remember Balaam the prophet went to God to pray on something that he knows was wrong. God, I have been hired to go and curse your people. Think about that prayer point. And God said, don't go. Okay. Guys, God said I shouldn't go. There's no amount of money you can give to me that I will go. So they increased the price. Ah. 
You guys didn't say this now before. When back, God, they, by the way, they have increased the rate. They said I should go and cost your people. The money is higher, sir. Should I go? God said, don't go. Ah! What kind of God is this one? Guys, I can't go. If I give me the whole word, I won't go. They say, because you don't know what the whole word is. So they increase money. Ah! God, there. They have increased the money now. His heart was telling him while he was praying. Listen to me. Why you enter that room, your heart was telling you it was wrong. Are you listening to me now? When you enter that car, your heart told you it was wrong. Don't go with him. Don't go with her. Don't do that right now. Your heart was telling you. But you are telling him, but you can see this guy is loaded. God, you know the other one I didn't go with. He didn't come with a car. He came with a Uber. This one came with a Tesla. You can see the car is, I've been wanting to have a ride. It's just a ride. I just want to go on a ride. Just we're just going to have a drink. Everyone that is a champion will have the sense. Are you following me now? Okay, let me put it this way. It's a general knowledge that we as human beings, we have five senses. We know that generally. He can sense, touching, tasting, and all that stuff. But there is, this ability of conviction is beyond those five. It presents itself beyond the five. Developing this actually helps you to live a more victorious life, experiencing victories, experiencing breakthroughs, fulfillment beyond the ordinary. This is exactly what Eve and Adam did not put in place. When Satan came to Eve, remember this from the old, Satan said, as the Lord said, he shouldn't touch that. The answer that Eve gave will tell you that Eve knew what is wrong, what is right. He said, in fact, God said we shouldn't touch it. God didn't say that. And the Bible said that Adam was not deceived. So inside Adam, he knew the right thing to do. But he ignored his conviction. He ignored his conviction. That's exactly how it is. Conviction tells you a number of things which is a secret to your greatness. Conviction is always God's testing ground for promotion. You are not ready for promotion until you are walking in conviction. That's the beginning. God will test you. If you are going to be a champion, you have to pass through this door. It is like a bullet that is in your heart. But the trigger point is in your obedience. So it stays there. It's just there. Many people are just going around in circles as believers. You are, you are going through what we call ordinary life. But God doesn't wonder for your life. It is going to take your ability to understand conviction that will take you to progress. And you will go in leaps and in bounds. That's how it should be. Oh, I got a new job. It's just 1% over the last job I had. That's not the level God wants for your life. God wants you to be in a position where things are chasing you. God wants to be in a place where what everybody call ordinary or what, what they call supernatural is ordinary to you. I can show so many examples. Ruth. It was conviction that made Ruth to cling on to Naomi when everything else did not make sense about her action. Nothing made sense. Ruth did not hear the Holy Spirit. There was nothing that told Ruth, hold on to this woman. She's the key to your greatness. No, she just felt it is wrong for me to leave her. 
Things are bad for her now. Is this the time for me to leave her? No, she just felt so. Even when her friend had left, she passed the test. She moved on. I want to say to you as a young person, until you come to this understanding that you are not just existing, you've got to do something. You don't discover the greatness that is ahead of you. You have to do something where God has placed you. I can go on and on. What about Mordecai? Mordecai, oh, Mordecai and Ruth, amazing story. But let's talk about Mordecai for time's sake. Mordecai happened to discover uh, the plot to kill the king. He discovered the coup, and that's what he did. He had a child. He could have said, you know what, it's not me they wanted to kill. He could have kept quiet, but he felt something was wrong. So he disclosed the information, and, and the Bible said to us that many, many years later, the king could not sleep. You see, the king would say, what would be done for the person who has done such a thing like this? Conviction will make a way for you where you are not even there anymore. Are you following me? If you can't deal with conviction, you can't even understand the Holy Spirit. Conviction of sin is God's way of inviting us to restore fellowship with him. Conviction itself is not repentance. No, it's not repentance. Do you know there are people who are not born again, but they will never cheat? They will not tell lies. They won't do that. They will not do anything because they're they just saying, no, that's wrong. I won't do that. So conviction is God's way of inviting us to restoration of fellowship. It's not repentance. Now, the thing is, conviction can lead to repentance but on its own. You can be convicted and you are not repented. So you see, Jesus Christ met people like this in John chapter 8. You know that story? They brought the woman who was caught in adultery to Jesus. And the men who brought him said, hey, they felt, yes, we have done God's work today. So they threw her down. Say, master, yes, this woman was caught in the very act of adultery. And the law of Moses says we should stone her. So what do you say? In verse 8. Again, he stooped down and he wrote on the ground. Verse 9. Then those who heard it, I love this. Those who heard it, being convicted by their own conscience. <laughs> Did you see that? You know when they are convicted by your, you will think they were repented. Oh, oh sorry, pastor. We are sorry. Sorry. No, no, no. They were convicted by their conscience. See what they did? They went out one by one. They dropped the stones. This guy got us again. They were just convicted. It wasn't that they were repented. So you can be convicted, but not repented. In John 16, verse 8, the Bible said when he comes, he will convict the world of its sin and of God's righteousness. Can you see? The world is convicted. That's why everybody can walk in conviction. But, not necessarily repentance. Before every blessing, there is always a testing. Has it occurred to you that God's way of testing us, God tests us with stress before he blesses us with success. He will test you with stress. That's why some people, the moment God blesses them, that blessing comes with a bit of stress. Oh, I got a new job. There's so much demand. Oh, I'm tired. Oh, I got new children. Oh, I got a child. I got two children. I got three. I got whatever the thing is. Oh, I just got something else. It blessing you, but that comes with stress. So because of the stress, many people just say, you know what, I really can't. I can't do some things I used to do. I can't really go to church. Or I can't really wake up to pray. I can't really read my Bible. He will test you with stress. And then the moment you say, no, I can't do it, I can't do it, I can't do it. Now you are losing the success. 
Because you have just shown that you can't handle stress. God can't build on what cannot carry weights. Five important elements of conviction. I want to live with you. Five elements of conviction. The first one is purpose. Purpose tells you that your life was given to you for a reason. There is a reason. It tells you you can't just be like everybody else. There is a reason why you have the skills you have. There's a reason why you have the, the profession you have. There's a reason why you have the knowledge you have. There's a reason why you have the financial ability you have. There is a reason. Once you know there's purpose for whatever you have, my dear friends, conviction will work in. David came to the camp. He saw soldiers, older folks, trained soldiers. He saw all of them dressed up. But the difference between David and the rest of them was purpose. He knew that I can't go back home without doing something about what I've seen. It is the purpose you have, my friend, that will make you commit. It's the purpose you have that will make you to serve. It's the purpose you have that will make you to get up to pray. It's the purpose you have that will make you not to be like any other person. Purpose. Number two, courage. Conviction works with courage. Conviction that our business should move in this direction. Conviction that we can, we can introduce this dimension into it. Courage is what will make us to take that step. Courage. Without courage, it is hard to stand alone. Courage in the face of lack of popularity. When your friends are going in one direction, but your conviction tells you this is wrong direction. Taking the courage to stand for Jesus. Even if that makes you unpopular. David. He took the step that he took. Because he had courage. It is courage that will make you. To stay up a bit more. And read. When everybody else says you know what. Let's just go and do something else. Take courage. Courage to stand against the grain. Number three. Integrity. Integrity. <laughs> this is a very interesting one about conviction. You know, when David got to Saul, he said to Saul that your servant, when he was left with the flock, the lion came, the bear came, and this is what happened. I went after them and I killed them. What he told the king was the truth. He spoke out of the integrity of his heart. Many people, lack of integrity does not allow them to walk in their own conviction. Because they have already sent out a lot of fake news out there. What they have not done is what they have said they have done. What they are not is what they say they are. So when they are being convicted, they are unable to stand. They've never killed a bear or a lion. So now, how can they now say they're going to fight a Goliath? When they say, okay, go now, they'll say, oh, king, I can't go anymore. Eee! Because they're afraid, they are going to be found out. Number four, discipline. Discipline will help you to walk through your convictions. It takes discipline to be able to follow through. Once you have had a steering in your heart, this 17-year-old was going to face Goliath, and Goliath was saying all kinds of stuff to him. If he wasn't disciplined, he would not have stayed on with his own strategy. The same thing with Daniel. It was discipline that would make Daniel to be looking at the food. Anybody here who has ever done or tried to do dieting, you understand what I'm saying here. Daniel said, no, 
I want you to watch this. I want you to see us. We are not going to talk. Just give us only herbs. Discipline is important when you talk about conviction. Because it requires consistency to pull through. Last but not the least, grace. Grace. I told us about my early story, early days, when I will have thoughts of what to do, but I will struggle. I found out that it takes grace. Grace for conviction to be birthed. Grace for conviction to be delivered. Grace for conviction to be sustained. It's a function of grace. This is what God has given to every man, but not every man has embraced it. This morning, you can embrace it. You can receive that grace. No matter how old you are, how young you are, you can embrace the grace that has been given unto you. Because when the Holy Spirit comes, he convicts the world. That's what the Bible says. But conviction is received by grace. Listen. Conviction in the life of a champion can look controversial to people who don't understand your body. Because you are convicted in a particular thing. People can wonder you, are, you have lost it. You are not acting wise. Because they have interpreted what you are doing in a wrong way. So having a conviction, having a persuasion to do something when you make your judgment call, somebody else will call it suicidal. That's what we have seen in the story of David. That's what we have seen in the story of Samson. Conviction can lift your career as a champion. It can take you up right up there because of your conviction. But guess what? Conviction can shorten your reign. When you have not balanced conviction with other things that we have spoken about. It's important you hold on to conviction. But the discipline and the grace will help you to keep it. With everything else which we have spoken about, we spoke about collaboration. Listen, if, if, if Samson, with his conviction, because the Bible said, when he was going after the Philistines' women, all the strange women he was going after, he was actually being led. But what he failed to do was to balance it with collaboration. He forgot his models, forgot his mentors, he forgot the right friends. Are you following this now? When you are convicted, have the right combination in place. Because this will provide balance for your conviction. They will tell you that, you know what, it's okay to do this. That's what you found in Jonathan. Jonathan was going to go, but he took somebody. And when he was almost going to fail, his, his assistant partner said, you know what, we can do this. Many people, because of conviction, they have jumped out of the, God's purpose in their life. I'm convicted. I don't nobody understand it right now. But they have left the plan of God. They have refused the sound of their friends, partners, mentors because of conviction. So that's the balance to conviction. The reason why this balance is important is only you can hear your conviction for now. But there are other people who can hear everything else around you. So they provide you the safety nets. In the days of trouble. I close with Titus chapter 2. Verse 11 to 15. Titus chapter 2. 11 to 15. The Bible says. For the grace of God that brings salvation. Has appeared unto all men. I pray for you today. That the grace of God will appear to you. 
Oh, in the name of Jesus. That grace will teach you. He said, teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly loss. That grace will teach you to deny ungodliness. It will teach you to deny worldly loss. He said that you should live soberly. That's conviction. Righteously. That's conviction. He said, ungodly in this present age. Looking for the blessed hope and the glorious appearing of our great God and Savior Jesus Christ. How did Jesus do it? He was convicted. He gave himself for us. That we might redeem us through every lawless deed. To purify himself for our own special deed. When you read this in the English Standard Version. I love it. It says, for the grace of God has appeared. Bringing salvation for all people. This morning as we close this service. I don't know who you are. But you have been a person that has been struggling. Struggling in your work with God. Struggling in your business, struggling in your decisions. You are a person who has taken one step forward, two step backward. You feel that I want to do it, but you struggle. You know the right thing to do, but you struggle. I want to know that the grace that appeared on men is available to you today. That grace will teach you, that grace will strengthen you, that grace will support you. It will grant you the wisdom of what to do. It will give you the grace to live the worldly lust. That's how you need to walk away from it. I pray that you'll be able to walk away. You will walk strong. You will walk tall in the name of Jesus. Every voice saying to you, you don't need to leave it. Just live as you are. It's your life. You receive the grace to override that right now. In the mighty name of Jesus, receive the capacity from above to be able to walk against the trend of those who are trying to derail you. You will rule long in the name of Jesus. You will walk long in the name of Jesus. You will fulfill destiny in the name of Jesus. You will fulfill your destiny in the name of Jesus. Because greater is it that is in you than who is in the world. The Lord bless you and keep you in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to our podcast today. We do hope you have been blessed. Our special thanks go to all our partners who give generously to support our ministry. You are welcome to be one of us. We'd like someone to talk to you on any of the issues raised in today's message. Please do call us on plus 44 208-597-3110. Or you visit our website on www.hccenter.org.uk. May the peace of the Lord guard you and keep you till we meet again. God bless.